0: Joe Matthew twenty six, twenty six to thirty five, and then uh, and we're gonna keep going. We'll do we're gonna do thirty six to forty five two, so. It's 26 to 45. Okay, Uh, the Lord spoke to me this morning regarding communion, and um, He spoke to me this morning about the Garden of Gethsemane. Do you know where the Garden of Gethsemane? What what that is? Do you guys know? I know you know and i know you know and i know you know (laughs) the garden of gethsemane okay is where jesus went after the last supper right and you've seen the pictures of jesus like praying in the garden on a stone or a boulder and beautiful trees around olive trees and he was in a garden the garden of gethsemane the garden of gethsemane is there today and a lot of people who go to israel visit it i would love to do that someday we should go as a church (laughs) israel here we come (laughs) right in the last days (laughs) right in the middle of war and (laughs) whatever we'll be closer to jesus when he comes (laughs) But Jesus went to the Garden of Gethsemane. It was after they had the Last Supper, okay? So you know the Lord's speaking to us, to this group, about communion. He's speaking to us about the preparation for his return. Jesus is coming back. He's coming back, and he's coming back soon, And it's sooner than we think. And he's preparing us to be ready as a body. And he said to me this morning, as I was leaving the barn after putting the horses in, (laughs) let's get real here. And he spoke to my spirit. The next step was the garden of Gethsemane. So that night, the night before he was taken to be crucified, they had the Last Supper together, which is what we're going to read in Matthew 26. This night was a night of preparation for the most fabulous, most powerful, most tremendous thing that has ever happened in the universe. Jesus went to the cross for our sin. He went to the cross for everything you've ever done wrong, every sin you'll ever commit. He took it upon him and he took it to the cross. And the devil was there. He was out to kill him. He was out, he was trying to stop Jesus forever he has been trying to stop Jesus forever he was trying Chris and I were talking about it about abortion and how he right now you know praise God Roe versus Wade Wade Roe versus Wade was overturned that's a miracle from God and it's a fulfillment of a recent prophecy by Mark Taylor, he gave it in like 2014 when the angel spoke to him and said Roe versus Wade was going to be overturned because he was going to put Trump in the presidency. And guess what? It happened. Is that crazy? Like nobody in their right mind would say, oh, yeah, <laughs> that's going to happen. Like, we could possibly believe that Trump was put into the presidency, but Roe versus Wade be overturned. And guess what, guys? Did you watch it? Did you see it? Just like that. The miracle happened. God stepped in. And when God steps in, it happens. Anything. A miracle happens when God steps in. You got to know this. You got to believe it. There's no situation that is impossible with God. None. God stepped in and he he rose up. President Trump. An unlikely candidate in many people's eyes. But he but he but you know what? That look guys, that's Jesus. That's the Lord. He says he's not going to it's not going to be the people we expect. He's going to use people that other people would not expect. He's going to use those that people would say, oh, they're stupid. Oh, they're dumb. Oh, they're stubborn. Oh, they're pig-headed, right? Like, he doesn't care. He loves us all. And even the ones who say those things, a lot of the times, they're struggling with the same sins. So I know I'm going off on a tangent. But I think it is so important that we realize what God is doing today. He was prepared. When he was preparing the Last Supper, right? The miracle of the Holy Communion, the Last Supper. It was to prepare the disciples to spread the gospel to the world, which has been done, right? It was also to prepare us for... The gospel coming back. Jesus is coming back. And I believe that the steps that he showed his disciples that night, he is showing us for today. Miracles, guys, miracles. This is what God does. But how does it start? Something simple. It's nothing magical, it's not magic. That is not of God. Magic is of the devil because it is power that is used from the enemy. God is a supernatural holy power. And he has given us simple things. Simple steps. Salvation is simple. It's a gift. We receive it. We believe it. It's ours. Holy Communion is a cup of wine and a piece of bread. And a supernatural miracle occurs as we partake. It goes into our bodies. It enters us. Jesus comes to us through our belief in him and through our obedience when he said, do this in remembrance of me. This is not a religious tradition. And we can never make it one. This is a holy, supernatural provision. He said, you must drink my blood and eat my body. We've read that in the Word, right? We have to have him to survive. We have to have him to survive. But we will not just survive, we will Thrive. We will overcome. We will have victory. When the world is falling apart, you will have the answer. Why? Because Jesus is in us. Why? Because we are partaking. And I'm going to tell you every week we partake of communion. You can go, oh, here we go again. Communion, communion. It's a miracle it's happening. It's happening to you. And someday when you're out there, something's going to happen and the Holy Spirit's going to rise up in you and you're going to be a powerful warrior because you have done what Jesus said. Do this in remembrance of me. Drink my blood, eat my body. And then he said to the disciples, no, it's not eat my body. He said, see this bread? This is my body. See this wine? This is my blood. So in other words, we're do, he's transforming it to a miracle of, that is activated through willingness to obey. Well, then the next step that he did that night was what? He went to the garden to what? To what? Say it louder. Pray. pray. Everybody say it. Pray. 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 So think about this. Jesus, son of God, went to the garden to pray. Okay? Pray. 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 We think of it. The, we have made it a tradition. We have made it a uh, almost a, sometimes a meaningless thing. Like we're talking to some God we really don't believe in and maybe we'll pray and blah, blah, blah. No, 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 no. This is a miracle. Prayer is a miracle. It activates miracles. Because we have to connect. And he says, you connect. Okay, so that night they partook together of the blood and body of Jesus. Then it says they sang a hymn and they went to the garden to pray. And I want us to listen. If you can read this, go through the Gospels. I went through them this morning matthew mark say it with me matthew mark luke and john every gospel has the story of the lord's supper the garden of gethsemane okay it tells you and if you would this week go through and maybe there's four books there's seven days till church next week so I think we could do that right we could open up a book (laughs) Matthew his first which a funny story we have an employee working for us his name is Thomas but I constantly call him Matthew (laughs) I don't know why funny story anyway And I said, it's because of the disciples. I can't get them off. Every time I hear, like, one of the disciples' names, it brings the other name. Anyway, the Lord has a sense of humor, too. But, so, we'll go in, and you find it. You can go, and you can look at the categories and look up the the Lord's Supper, Peter's Denial. Okay. Okay. I want you to think about this and look this up too. Peter's denial. What's the difference between Peter's denial and Judas's betrayal? Okay, we need to look at that and ask the Lord, what's the difference, okay? That's another homework. So, okay, that's, we have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So Friday can be look up and read about peter and judas see let's talk about this next week in communion (laughs) okay so anyway um then they go to the garden and this is where jesus says and this is what i think he wants me to tell you this morning where he says to them Will you not tarry with me one hour? Okay? This, these, are, these are keys to the mystery of Christ. Like the Ephraim. All right, the treasure map has keys in it, right? You find keys to the treasure map that help you find the way to the treasure, right? This is what the Lord is like saying to us. He's giving us keys to the kingdom, to the kingdom of God. And one is, will you not tarry with me for one hour? Okay. We have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, now Saturday. Look up. No, not tarry. (laughs) Look up hour. How many times the Lord talks about the hour? The hour is coming. When no and no man knows the hour. Right? God's telling us his timing. So this is all things as a body here. We are going to pray over. We are going to look to the Lord and say, Lord we will tarry with you an hour and so let's read this scripture together if chris is done pastor chris we probably should have waited till we read it because there's quite a bit to read but that's all right okay so matthew 26 all right let's read together while they were eating Jesus took a bread gave thanks and broke it and gave it to his disciples saying take and eat this is my body let's partake together Okay, so we need verse 27 26 we're gonna yeah we're gonna read right through Joe that's okay then he took the cup let's take our cup okay we're doing what Jesus did in the word he gave thanks thank you Lord He offered it to them, saying, drink from it, all of you. Let's partake. Thank you, Jesus. And this is what he said. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. All right, let's read together. I tell you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it anew with you in my father's kingdom. When they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Then Jesus told them, this very night you will all fall away on account of me. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Peter replied, even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. I tell you the truth, Jesus answered, this very night. Before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. But Peter declared, Even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the other disciples said the same. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to them, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. That's what he's telling us. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples, and he found them sleeping Could you men not keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. He went away a second time and he prayed, My father, If it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away once more and prayed the third time, saying the same thing. Then he returned to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour is near. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Father, we just pray that you would manifest this word into our spirit and soul this morning. By the power of your Holy Spirit, open the eyes of the blind, open the ears of the deaf. Lord, I rebuke anything that would come between us and you. I rebuke it in Jesus' name, and I take authority of anything that would stop us from hearing your word. Stop us from feeling your love. We take authority over it, and we cast it far away lord from all your children and we pray holy spirit fill us with this word fill us with your word and that we would be we would be faithful lord by your power and your glory and everyone said amen so remember monday tuesday wednesday thursday right Day. Matthew Mark Luke John what was Friday
1: was, uh, betrayal and
0: oh yeah the difference between Judas, Judas betrayal and Peter's denial what was Saturday Day. <laughs> one hour so you got a lot of work to do this week guys
1: Good morning, that was great, huh? Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Thank you, Lord. Let's pray. Father, I thank you and I praise you for this time. Lord, I pray that, Lord God, that you would open our ears and our eyes so we can fully understand what you're saying to us today. That, Lord, you would use us and that you would speak through us and that you would speak through me, Lord God, and that you would use me for your glory. And I just pray that your anointing and your Holy Spirit would rest in this place and upon us, Lord God, as we come to listen to what you have to say for us. And I just give you all the praise and honor and glory for what you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, the title of my sermon is called Preparation takes the fear out of the possibilities. I got that from Perry Stone. Preparation takes the fear out of the possibilities. Preparation is a key for the times that we are approaching. Preparation is the action or process of making ready or being made ready for use or a consideration. I served in the the military, and I know Ed did. And they were always preparing us. We had to always be ready. We had to always be on standby or on call. And in the service I served as a paratrooper in the 82nd Airborne Division, we were being we could be able to be deployed anywhere within the world within 24 hours. Within 24 hours we can be airdropped in anywhere in the world. So we always had to be prepared. And they were always trying to work at us and work on our preparation and our preparedness. Because there was always that consideration of us being used as a tool for our country. So preparedness or preparation takes the fear out of the possibilities. As an example, if you do not know what's coming, then when that all of a sudden happens, your first reactions could be fearful. And fear is not of God. But if you know that something is coming, And you are prepared for that. Then you are less fearful of those possibilities that can happen. Because you have been preparing yourself. You have been preparing your mind. You have been preparing your homes. When you are prepared. Then that event that you've been preparing for, doesn't hit you as hard. Because you've been preparing for it. You've been preparing for that day. It doesn't take you off guard. This week, Julie told me that she had an alert on her phone of a potential nuclear attack. How many had those alerts on their phone? I know you showed it to me. It was an alert on their phone that there was a potential nuclear attack. I guess it went on out throughout of New York State, most of New York State, since we're in upper New York State, or central, I would say, New York State. I'm not 100% sure. If it was the whole state or just part of the state. But it's kind of odd that she had that alert. When we were kids growing up in school, we used to have alerts and you'd have fire drills, right? And I don't know if you guys, they still do fire drills in school, but they would have fire drills and they would, you would walk out of the school. They were preparing you for emergencies We had drills where we had to get underneath the desks before. This was during like the Cold War days. But you were preparing for things to happen. I didn't really think of the alert much on Julie's phone. But it did make me think, are we ready for something like that? Are we prepared? I just I just took it off, I blew it off. It's like, oh, it's probably just a test. You know, I didn't think much of it. It was probably just they're just testing to see if the alert goes out. But I've heard of a couple things in this, this last week that makes me think of how prepared are we, really? How prepared are you, how prepared is your family if something like this was to happen? Have you made preparations? Have we made preparations? Have we put together a plan in case of something like this nuclear attack actually happens? Do we have a family plan? Do we have a church plan for our church family? Do our children know what to do? These are all questions that I was thinking about as I was writing this sermon that the Lord was bringing up to me. Do our children know what to do? If they're away from home and something like this happens and they they have to get back to the house, how are they going to get home if they can't drive? If something like a nuclear attack or an EMP goes off and they're away, what's the game plan? Have you thought about it? I think it's time we start thinking about these things. Because if we have a plan, then at least we have a strategy, right? If we have a strategy, then we at least we'll be able to stop fear, which fear is not of God, it's of the devil. And we have somewhat of a thing to to help repair our family and our children. And we have some actions that we can take. Then the storm that's coming, because it's going to come, doesn't take us off guard as much. And I know that there are people out there saying, well, well, you're talking about um, preppers and stuff like that. Well, we should all be preppers. To a degree, we should all be prepared. We should be prepping our family for the coming of Jesus Christ. Because he's coming. We don't want to be caught off guard on that, right? How can you argue with that one? You can't. The most important thing is that we should always be ready to meet Jesus at any day. Because Jesus is coming soon, morning, night, or noon. We should always be ready for him. We should always be prepared for him. We should always be prepared for as much as we can. It's just wisdom to be prepared. And I know, like I said, there's people out there saying, well, I'm just going to trust God. You're not trusting God, Pastor Chris. No, I trust God. I believe what God says, and I believe his word, and I trust God. He's in charge of everything. But I do know that God also gave me a brain. And God also wanted me to be wise. And God also put many examples in the Bible about being prepared. One of those examples was Noah. And in Hebrews Chapter 11, verse 7, it says, By faith, being warned about things not yet seen in holy fear. That means in holy reverence to God. Right? In fear of disobeying God. In fear of God being upset with Noah. Noah built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he was condemned. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. See, Noah was warned. Right? Noah was warned by God. Take that as an example. How many warnings are we seeing right now throughout the world? How many warnings does God have to give us? Right? You know, I think of all the warning signs that are out there right now that are going on throughout the whole world. You know, you got plagues, rumors of wars, all of this the Bible tells us about. All of these things are warnings, warning signs. God is speaking loud and clear. We're just not listening, or we're just choosing not to listen. Basically, we can hear him, and we know he's warning us. He's telling us that there's going to be signs in the heavens and upon the earth. He's letting us know these things ahead of time. Even Jesus said, I'm telling you this ahead of time, so when the day comes, you're not going to be caught off guard. So when that day comes, you're going to be ready. Your family's going to be ready. You're going to be prepared. You're going to be able to have a plan to get yourself and keep yourself together. Amen? Amen. That's That's what this book is all about. It's about God's love for us that He doesn't want us to be Surprised about what he's doing. God's telling us what he's going to do before he does it. And God has a plan for us. And it's a good plan. Plan for us to prosper. Like Julie said in her, in her communion service. God wants us to prosper. And to not just survive, but to thrive. Right? By faith... Being warned by God about things not yet seen. See, there were things that God was telling Noah that the world has never saw before, that the, that it was going to rain. They never saw rain in Noah's day. They didn't know what rain was. They probably mocked him and laughed at him while he's building this massive ark. By faith. Being warned by God about things not yet seen. There are things that the Bible warns us about that we have not seen yet. But we're going to see them. It's going to happen. You know, the Bible is the most accurate book on prophecy there's ever been. No other book in the world is like it because there's no other book in the world that is the inspired Word of God, where God is actually speaking through it Through men. Right? Nothing. Nothing can compare. There is nothing out there like it. You know, in Matthew chapter 25, or I would say Thomas. (laughs) Just kidding. In Matthew chapter 25, it's the parable of the ten virgins. And it's in verses uh, 1 through 13. It says, At that time the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. See, being prepared isn't foolishness, is it? Being prepared is wisdom, right? Five were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps, but they didn't take any oil with them. The wise, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming. They all, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight the cry rang out, Here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up, trimmed their lamps. The foolish one said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, our lamps are going out. No, they replied, they may not. There may not be enough for both of us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. You know, this is what's going to happen in the end days to those that are prepared. The ones that didn't prepare, the foolish ones are going to come to the ones that are prepared and they're going to say, help us, help us. We didn't, we didn't prepare for this. We're not, we're not ready for this. How sad it's gonna be for some that are gonna say, I'm sorry, I can't help you. I only have enough for my family. I've only prepared enough for my family and for my children or grandchildren, right? The only thing I can think of right now is unless you have somebody like Elijah right there that can keep your, uh, your, your pot of oil filled and flour filled without it going dry. And that we got in Jesus, amen. But we got to be ready. We got to be prepared for these things to come. He said, while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. And the virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet. And the door was shut. Later the others came, sir, sir, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, I tell you the truth, I do not know you. Therefore, keep watch. Because you do not know the day or the hour. You know, there's another word in there, watch. No, not just watch, but keep watch. Keep ready. When you keep watch, you keep ready. You stay prepared when you keep watch. Keep watch. We need to keep watch. Amen? For God is speaking. And we're not watching or refusing to watch or wanting to deny the times because we want things just to be all right and as they were, but things will never be the same. In Genesis chapter 41, verses 22 through 36, here was another wise man, the wisest man in the whole nation, because the Spirit of God was upon him, and it was Joseph. And uh, and the king of Egypt at that time, Pharaoh, had a dream, and in his dream he saw seven good cows, Then he saw seven weak or sick cows. And in that dream, that same dream, or he had two dreams, that was the first dream. The second dream was that he saw seven heads of grain on, on wheat, on one wheat. And then on in that same dream he saw seven heads of sick grain or, or unhealthy grain <clears throat> and all of the king's men and all the king's horses <laughs> couldn't put Humpty Dumpty back together again no all of the king's wise men and seers and magicians like there's no there's no magic in the in the kingdom of god that's just witchcraft but all of The king's magicians, false prophets, could not interpret these dreams. But somebody remembered somebody who could interpret dreams. And they went to go get him. And he was an Israelite child. In jail. Name was Joseph. And he said... To to the Pharaoh, to Pharaoh, he said, Pharaoh, both of these dreams are both one and the same. Both of these dreams are both one and the same. They both have the same meaning. The seven cows represent seven years. And the seven years of healthy cows and the seven seven heads, they both represent seven years. And you're going to have seven years of feast, of plenty. Of abundance. And then you're going to have, after the seven years of abundance, there's going to be seven years of famine. And it's going to be so severe that the seven years of famine are going to totally wipe out the seven years of abundance like they never even existed. And then he said, you need to take a fifth, a fifth of those seven years of abundance and you need to put them away in storehouses. So when the seven years of famine come, you will be able to survive, basically. Not just survive, but thrive. Egypt thrived because of the wisdom of Joseph. And what did they do? They stored up a fifth of everything for those seven years of abundance. So when the seven years of famine hit and they were severe, that not only did they have enough for all of Egypt, but they had enough for all of the Israelites. And for many other people that came to Egypt. And Egypt thrived through those times of seven years of famine. All because he prepared. He was prepared. He was making preparations for those seven years. Now I'm not saying we have seven years (laughs) or anything like that because I have no idea of the times. But all I know is that God is warning us and speaking to us about what's coming. And I've heard of things. It's odd that we would have a nuclear warning on our phones when we've never had one before. But there's always threats of wars and rumors of wars. <clears throat> They've been speaking about asteroids hitting the Earth for a long time. Perry Stone said he had another vision of a tsunami hitting the East Coast. You know? And he doesn't know. And he's had pretty prophetic dreams before. He had dreams of when the towers were struck. And it came to pass, but it was five years later after his dream. So he said he just had a vivid dream of an East Coast tsunami. And he, doesn't, he can't tell you if it's going to happen or come to pass. But I know, like my wife said, prayer, what does prayer do? Moves the hand of God. There's power in prayer. It was through prayer that Roe versus Wade was overturned. It was through prayer that there was a man with wisdom that put three conservative justices on the Supreme Court that I'm sure had a big part of overturning Roe versus Wade. And it was and it was and also had a big tar- part of prophecy being fulfilled what she's, what my wife was talking about we need to be preparing we should all sit down together as a family come up with a preparation plan what's going to happen what's the game plan i can remember as a kid even my mother had a plan for us if our house was to catch on fire where we were supposed to go and get out of the house and meet together as a group, as a family. And you know what the craziest thing was? Our house did catch up. We had a chimney fire one time. And the chimney fire caught on fire and it caught just the edge of the part of the roof on fire of our house. And my little brother John, to this day, will tell you, I woke him up and I carried him out of that house (laughs) when he was young. And our whole house, it was a, we lived in a trailer house where they put two trailers together. And they, you know, we were always in fear. We had a wood stove in there and we were always in fear of uh, having a fire in a trailer because they always would tell us. Boy, those things go up quick. They go up fast. So we had a plan. My my mother put together a plan for us. Say, if this happens, this is where you're going to go. This is where you're going to meet. We're going to meet right down here at your grandmother's house, right outside. So which thankfully, my grandmother was close. So it's no different than just having that little plan. But when actually, when those things happened... When it actually did happen, we had a plan and we kind of knew what we had to do. Right? It was scary. It's fearful. The things that are coming upon the earth, according to the word of God, are pretty scary and pretty fearful. For example, like the four angels that are bound up in the great river Euphrates. Who, when they are released, are going to kill a third of mankind. Are you prepared for that? Do you know there were four rivers that were in the Garden of Eden? The Pishon, the uh, Gihon, the Tigris, and the Euphrates. They were from the very beginning, those four rivers... Are mentioned about in the Bible. There are only two of those rivers that exist to this day. And they still have the same name. And that is the Tigris and the Euphrates. The only two rivers that still exist. From the very beginning of creation. Are you prepared for those four angels? Are you prepared for the swarm of locusts that are as big as men that have stingers like a scorpion who are told not to touch the grass or the trees but only to harm those that do not have the seal or the mark of God on them. Are you ready for that? Are you ready for, for the... Um, Two deep impacts that the Bible talks about that are going to turn the waters to bitter. And so when men drink out of the waters, they're going to die. Are you ready for that? And that's the fresh water. Or the one that hits the ocean and it turns into blood and a third of the sea life is killed. There's some things that are going to happen upon the earth. It's in the Bible. It's going to happen. It's a matter of time. Are you prepared for that? Are you ready for those things to come? Because we should be getting ready for them. All these things are coming. We, the main thing is to make sure that our families are ready. Our children, our grandchildren. Do they know Jesus. Do they know they don't have to be afraid? They know we don't have to live in fear. Do we know that we're marked with the seal of God and that seal is the mark of the Holy Spirit? Ephesians chapter 1 verses 13 through 14. And you also were included in Christ when you heard of the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having believed it. See, there's the key word, believe. When you hear the word of truth, the gospel of salvation, when you hear it, that Jesus went to the cross, he died for your sins, And for the forgiveness of your sins, that he rose again on the third day. That he sits at the right hand of the Father. And he did all this for you so that you can be saved. Because he took all the iniquity of the world, as my wife shared in her communion. All of the sin of the whole world upon him. Took it to the grave. Rose victoriously. For all of us and for all of our sins, when we have heard that, which is the truth, which is true. Jesus truly did all those things. That's not a fictional story. It's a fact. It's a fact, which is the truth. You cannot deny a fact. He did these things. He shed his blood... For us. He was a pure and spotless lamb. And he died on the cross for us. That is a fact. And it's been documented. And it was documented that he rose on the third day. Not just in the Bible, but through many historians. Throughout Bible times wrote about Jesus wrote about his miraculously his miraculous resurrection that he was seen by over 500 men and who knows how many women because it was women that he was that he first appeared to but when you hear that word which is truth And you not only hear it, but you believe it. You believe it. You believe it in your heart. You do not doubt it. You do not let the devil doubt it. Or bring in doubt into your mind. Because he will do that. Even if you've been a Christian for a long time. He will still try to tempt you with doubt. Oh, Jesus, He really didn't do that. He really didn't resurrect. He really didn't die. The Bible really isn't the word of God. It's been manipulated by man throughout time. It's 6,000 years old. That is all from the devil, and that brings in doubt. And he does it to you, and he does it to me, and he does it to many Christians who've been Christians for a long time. Did Jesus really do that? Yes, Jesus really did that. But when we believe in our hearts, and we don't doubt, you believe in your heart and you don't doubt, there's the keys. Right there, that's a huge key. You believe without doubting. We believe. We live by faith. We live by belief, and we do not doubt, and we cast all doubt out. When you truly do that, then you are marked with a seal of God. And that seal is the seal of the Holy Spirit. And only God can put that seal on you. Only God can. You are his possession. You are his. And you know what? When you have that seal on you, then all this harm that's going to happen, everything that's going on, that's going to go on around us, will not harm you. Won't harm you. Because our hope is not into this world. Our hope is into the world that's to come. Our hope is in the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven, setting up its throne here on this earth. Our hope is in Jesus Christ. Amen? That's what we hope in. That's what we believe and we don't doubt. Right? That's what we're preparing for. That's what we should be preparing for. We should be preparing for that day. We should also be preparing for these days in the Bible that are to come. Whether we are taken out of this world before it all happens or whether we're going to go through some of it, before Jesus takes us out, we should always be prepared. Preparedness is just wisdom. Amen? Amen. Amen. So, Father, I thank you and I praise you for this day. I pray that you would help us, that you would lead us and guide us, that you would direct us. Show us what you would want us to do to help prepare Our families, Lord God, show us what you want us to do to help prepare, Lord God, this church, these church members, Lord Jesus, Lord, um, what would happen if things started to happen, where we should meet or rally together, Lord God, what we should have, what we should not waste our time on, but what we should put time in. I pray this, Lord, and I pray, Father God, that you would just lead and guide us and direct us. And, Lord, we hear your speaking loud and clear to us, Lord God. We see your warning signs, Lord God. And I just praise you and thank you, Lord God, for your word that is a roadmap to what's coming and what is already here. And I just pray that you would help us, help us all, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen.